Grassroots, True Grit. This is Shenango Voice. Visit our website at shenangovoice.com, and if you enjoy our programming, share a link to our podcast with your friends. This episode of Shenango Voice is sponsored by the Bohemian Moon Restaurant at 103 East Main Street in Norwich, New York, now serving the Shenango County community with take-home comfort food and indoor dining. Lunch and dinner Monday through Saturday with lunches from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. and dinner from 5 to 8.30 p.m. To order or reserve a table, call 607-334-9480. The weekly menu can be downloaded from their website at twobakeriesandarestaurant.com. Just click the link to Bohemian Moon at the top of the page. Hello again, everyone. My name is Mark Finero, and I'm the technical director of Shenango Voice, a local public service podcast. Our mission is to inform, connect, and inspire Shenango County, New York with information and stories that bring out the best in our community. Shenango Voice came into existence just ahead of the coronavirus pandemic. Due to New York's current social distancing recommendations, we've adjusted our intended format, opting to perform interviews online instead of recording in our dedicated podcasting studio. As a result, we're sacrificing some audio quality for now to keep our participants safe and bring you timely information. This is a special election episode featuring an interview with Shenango County Board of Elections Commissioners Mary Lou Monahan and Carol Franklin. These election commissioners, respectively, represent the Republican and Democratic parties. Together, they make certain that every detail of the voting process is precisely observed, coordinated, and executed to ensure that your voting experience is COVID-safe and your ballot is absolutely secure. The interview was recorded on Tuesday, October 13th, 2020, with Shenango Voice producer Diane Gallo. Hi, this is Diane Gallo with Shenango Voice, and we're here today speaking with both Shenango County Party Commissioners. We're speaking with the Shenango County Democratic Party Commissioner, Carol Franklin. Good morning, Carol. Morning. And we're speaking with Shenango County Republican Party Commissioner, Mary Lou Monahan. Good morning, Mary Lou. Good morning, Diane. It seems to me you two are ready and prepared for this election day. So I'm going to ask you to go through the sequence of where you are and what voters need to know about voting. I'll let you take over. So we have uh, in-person voting beginning on Sunday, and that is early voting that began with last November 2019's general election. And that takes place nine of the 10 days prior to election day, which means this year it begins on Saturday, October 24th, and runs through Sunday, November 1st. The weekend hours we have on Saturday and Sunday are from nine to two, And then during that full work week, we're open uh, nine to five, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for voting. And then Tuesday and Thursday, we're open 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. So those are enough flexible hours uh, for people to be able to come in and vote in person, which means it's a mirror experience of election day at a polling site. Uh, We check them in with our poll pads, which is an iPad, electronic poll pad. They would then go mark their ballot and then they would cast it in the voting machines that will be positioned in the lobby of the county office building and then they would leave. 
We followed the same procedure for the June primary. So we have the logistics work out. We have uh, social distancing and a uh, limited number of people coming in at a time. If there's an issue with someone not being able to enter the building, we can go out to them uh, and take care of the processing and deliver their ballot. And then they would uh, complete that ballot we take it back in and cast it for them. Now, as far as absentee voting, Carol, do you want to talk about absentee voting? Absentee voting today, which is Tuesday, October 13th, we have a request of 4,660. That's without any mail being processed this week. Now, the voters have three ways to return their ballot. They can mail them back to us. They can return them here at the Board of Elections, which they are doing or they can return them Tuesday, November 3rd, and each polling site will have a security pouch available for them to drop their ballots off. The town that isn't um, going to be available this year is the town of German. Due to not having an accessible polling site, distancing available, so those people will be voting in the town of Smithville. So we will have 21 sites open out of the 22, and everyone in the town of German has been notified of their change in election polling site for that day only. And the very last day to request in person an absentee ballot would be the day before the election, which is Monday, November 2nd. Yes. As Carol mentioned, when uh, people can drop off their absentee ballot at any polling site that is open in Shenango County, which she referenced that German will not be, those voters will be going to Smithville, from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Say, for example, you are in Bainbridge and you actually live in Coventry, you can go to that polling site on election day and drop off your um, absentee ballot there. There will be a sign posted outside the polling site that uh, draws attention to people returning their absentee ballots so they don't have to stand in line. They would go up to the door and make the door attendant aware and then they'll be able to deposit their ballot in the ballot bag that we'll have at each location. For this election only, there are a, a couple of things very specific. The cures that can be done, which means if someone returns their absentee ballot and uh, there's an oath envelope that uh, contains their ballot and the outside of the oath envelope, they are supposed to sign a date. Let's say, for example, they don't put a date on it. For this election only, we can accept that. Normally, we'd reject it. So there's a variety of situations that don't need a cure, but say, for example, there is something that needs to be cured. For example, a voter returns their ballot in the return envelope, but not the oath envelope, so we don't have any signature. There's a form that we complete. And there's a certain amount of time we have to complete that. We contact the voter by whatever means we have phone, email, and mail to make them aware of when they need to make this cure. And it depends on what the date is, when the cure has to be done by. So I'm not going to go into all those specifics, but we just want to make people aware that we are looking at each ballot oath envelope. The ballot oath, O-A-T-H? Yes, that's on correct. Okay. Yes. So we match signatures. We make sure that the signature on the envelope is the same one that we have in our records. So there's a number of steps that are very involved that we do to make sure that the voter who's returning that ballot is the voter who should be returning that ballot. And right now, even before there's a cure that has to be done, 
Uh, we've had a few phone calls and a few couples, they've signed each other's envelopes, so they're correcting that now. So, that, you know, we wouldn't have this holdup when the bulk of the mail comes back. And one thing to mention is when Carol just saying about uh, spouses signing each other's, there's also a place for a witness signature on there, but that's only if the voter is not able to sign, uh, say they have some situation that prevents them from signing their normal signature or they're unable to, then that spot for a witness signature is actually for the person witnessing that signature. In a scenario where it's, say, two people are voting, they've signed their oath envelope and they've dated it, a witness does not have to witness that. And that seems to confuse people a little bit. So we wanted to mention that. Earlier on, and perhaps I should have jumped in with it, am I understanding that you can vote any day at the county building? Yes, we have one polling site. Okay, so all of yes. those dates that you mentioned earlier, when you say you've got the polling site, people shouldn't go to their regular polling site. It's at so that if you can, if you want to vote beforehand and you want to do it in person, you can go to the county office building. Yes, it would be coming to the county office building. There's a formula for how many polling sites a county has to have because this is statewide. It so happens that our formula resulted in having one early voting site. So we have it here at our office. The other thing I would like to say is how much trust I have having spoken with you, having spoken with Carol, seeing the background of your office, seeing the kind of action that's going on there. There have been so many confusions federally and statewide and from county to county that for somebody who has been working really hard to understand how am I to do this, there are times when I just sat down, I just sat down in front of the wall and couldn't think any further. So I wanted to say to all of our listeners that I trust Mary Lou and Carol and they're getting the job done. Thank you very and, much. We appreciate that. Yeah. And our staff does also. <laughs> I wanted to get that anchored and to know that our votes are being counted, being cared for, being watched and processed properly. And so however you're going to do it, get out there and vote, which leads me to a question. If I'm planning to go in person mm -hmm. to vote on the day, on election day, on November 3rd, what are the recommendations and the safeguards that you have in place? There is distancing. Our delivery men are going to be uh, putting the tapes down every six feet. Uh, I don't know if they'll actually write on it. I believe they're going to. Temperatures will be taken. That has been requested by public health department and um, masks are required. We can't really tell if there will be longer wait time. It would depend on the time that the person actually shows up at their polling site, whether they're going to have a long time to wait. Of course, the inspectors will be cleaning constantly all day long. We have a lot of special cleaning supplies. The pole pads will be cleaned. The styluses will be cleaned. Your marking pen will be cleaned. Everything, uh, the voters will have to show some patience, obviously. And like Mary Lou mentioned before, the individuals dropping off a ballot won't have to stand in line with the, the actual voters. And if there's someone that doesn't meet the criteria of um, the temperature, I believe is supposed to be under 100.5, or if someone can't get out of their car, then an inspector from each party would go to these individuals' car, 
had them sign the poll pad, go back in, get the ballot, bring it back out to them, put it in the security folder, take it back in the building, and put it through the machine for them. That is extraordinary service. Well, no one can be turned away. If they're a registered voter, no one can be turned away to vote. So that's why we have the uh, any accommodation made for regardless of what the scenario is that we can address it. Could you talk a little bit about all of the workers who we may not think about? I know there are the people who are usually there when I go to vote, but this year I think you have extra people on hand. It sounded like from what Carol said, there are cleaners and people who are setting up. So could you talk about that a little bit? We had a lot of inspectors sign up. Not all of them showed up for class. At the last minute, some of them are unable to work, so we are down a little bit in numbers. We do have inspectors that split a day, so that gives us two individuals to make one. We're going to try to have some extra at most polling sites. We are lacking in other places, but we will send inspectors from other towns there. And uh, they do have to, of course, have time to take a break eat their lunch, grab something, take a deep breath. It's going to be a long, long day for everybody, and we thank everybody who is an inspector. And, of course, these individuals, some of them are going to be working early voting, which will give them good experience on the poll pad. That will definitely help them on Election Day. And each poll worker has to be certified. They take a class annually, a certification class, and have to pass the test. And if they don't pass the test, Unfortunately, we can't have them work, but uh, we, we have to have people who are certified to work at the poll sites. As far as all the people involved, it, it begins with, well, I don't know, it's kind of like the chicken or the egg, but our um, machine delivers, who is a bipartisan team, everything is done in a bipartisan team uh, at the poll site, here in the office, machine delivery. Um, we have a schedule done up that the um, uh, machine delivers, uh, dispatch the machines throughout the county, the voting machines, and all of the supplies that are needed for that election day. So with this election, like June, it will include the protective sneeze shields and all of the cleaning uh, equipment that Carol mentioned. So we, once the machines are there, then on election day, the poll workers actually arrive at five o'clock, the same time we get here at the office. We have to be here by five. They have an hour then to prepare their polling site to allow voters to come in to cast their ballots. So they're unloading whatever is in the machine, unloading supplies, getting things set up, turning on the machine, making sure everything's working properly. Um, we do now require uh, Wi-Fi at polling sites because of our electronic poll books. We addressed all those needs last year, so we're good with that. We will be having extra people at the door. We're going to take a measurement of 10 feet back from the entrance to the polling site and then start those six foot measurements that Carol referenced. And then that way people will be able to social distance. There is a 100 foot radius around the poll site that no electioneering, which means you cannot wear any political buttons or t-shirts or hats. Once you enter that 100 foot measurement, those all have to go away. So that means a hat being put away or a t-shirt being turned inside out, et cetera. So that's like kind of a bubble around that polling site for that reason. And additionally, the uh, cleaning will be done by poll workers as they do rotate through. When poll workers go to a polling site, they don't stay at the same position the whole time. 
they rotate through. Uh, so one might be working on a pulse site for two hours and then rotate to the door for two hours and then rotate to the machine for two hours. So there's a variety of duties that are all involved with a poll worker's day. We do advise them anytime there's a question, they call us. The decision is not made at the poll site. They call us because they don't have access to our voter management system. So they don't know if the voter's registered, if the voter's not registered, if there's an address change, et cetera. So it's very coordinated. And we're, as I think I said before, we're prepared as we can possibly be is how I feel. Carol, do you? Yes, yes, definitely. And we're hoping nothing unforeseen happens before Election Day because we are prepared. And one thing also with the poll workers, we did query them when they took their tests, how far they would drive, if they would work outside of where they live, their normal district of where they live, what other town they would go to because we have a lot of new poll workers, which is very exciting. But we have to make sure that we have seasoned poll workers working with those poll workers because it would be extremely unfair to have brand new people working a presidential election for their first time out. That just, that wouldn't be fair to anyone involved. So we're gonna have some different logisticals issues this year, but ones that we can fully make sure um, are addressed. And the other thing I wanted to mention, all of this really is because of COVID. And COVID for the June election and this election, although it was two separate laws that came through, Concern for being exposed to COVID at the polling site on election day is a valid reason to vote absentee. So you can request an absentee ballot saying, I'm concerned about exposure to COVID-19. You can do that in person here at the office. You can do it via email or you can do it by phone. And we need some key pieces of information, which means your full name, date of birth, residence address, where you'd like the ballot mailed to, your telephone number, and the reason for your request for the absentee ballot, because there always has to be a reason to request an absentee ballot. And again, as I mentioned, for this election only, concern for exposure to COVID-19, you don't have to have the virus, but just concerns of being exposed to it is a valid reason to request an absentee ballot. So if I wanted to say go on your website to get that criteria repeated so I can make sure I hit all the points in my email, the website address is Shenango County Board of Elections, www.co.shenango.ny.us forward slash elections forward slash. So that's the website. Yes. And then the page you would be looking for that has the criteria, would that be the same page? Yes. And there's a lot of information on that page. You have to scroll down to, I think, the sixth paragraph that talks about COVID being the reason. On the left, there's a number of tiles for specific questions. You know, where's your polling site? That will send you to a link that's at the state, actually, that you can enter your information your specific uh, name, address, and that will show you where your polling site is. And it will also rest assured that the voters in German, if they use that service, they will be directed to Smithville for this election only. The address of the Board of Elections is at the County Office Building, 5 Court Street in Norwich, and the main phone number is 607-337-1760. Is there an email connection Yes, it would be boe at co.shenango.ny.us. 
Okay. And that goes to everyone in our office. That's a general mailbox that we all receive email from. 5 a.m. Is that what you're saying? You that have to be. Sure is. You've got. So you have to be in with the coffee and the donuts at 3.30 a.m., 4 a.m. to make sure well, that everything is working. Well, it's very rare that the hour is not enough time unless there's some kind of technical difficulty for poll workers to set up the polling site, correct? Yes, yes. So that's that's an adequate amount of time. And then the poll workers, they have to stay, if there's a line of voters at nine o'clock, whoever is the last person in line when nine o'clock strikes, that poll site stays open until all of those people have voted. And then the poll workers have to stay to close down the polling site, which is the reverse of what they did in the morning. So they are usually gone by probably 10, 1030, but we'll be here, I'm guessing, till probably at least midnight, don't you think, Carol? I would think so, definitely. Yeah. yeah, because there's reports we have to do to the state that night and many steps we have to take. So yeah, it's a very long day. And then we're back here at 8.30 the next morning. Well, I hope you bring your pillows so you can drop <laughs> your forehead down on the desk and take a quick nap during the day. I want to thank you both for uh, such excellent service. And I would ask people to thank their poll workers. If you're going to vote in person, I would ask you to thank your poll workers who are doing such good work for us. And thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate it. I think we're good, yes? Oh, I think it went great. Thank you for the beautiful interview. That concludes this episode of Shenango Voice. We hope you enjoyed our program. Please subscribe using your favorite podcast application so that you can be notified when our next episode is published. This episode of Shenango Voice is sponsored by the Bohemian Moon Restaurant at 103 East Main Street in Norwich, New York, now serving the Shenango County community with take-home comfort food and indoor dining. Lunch and dinner Monday through Saturday with lunches from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. and dinner from 5 to 8.30 p.m. To order or reserve a table, call 607-334-9480. The weekly menu can be downloaded from their website at twobakeriesandarestaurant.com. Just click the link to Bohemian Moon at the top of the page. Thank you for listening.